It's Jeannie, the Pistol Packing Mountain Mama Health Nut. Welcome back to Throw Out the Trash. I'm so glad you're here. I just want to thank all of my listeners today. It's because of you that I'm doing this, and I just love it. And a special thank you to Riker, our grandson. I'm so happy you're listening. Today in the All Things Health segment, I talk about e-cigarettes and vaping, who invented them, how they work, what chemicals they contain, and what health problems you can acquire, if any. Are they safer than regular cigarettes? And what about secondhand vapor? So I'll dive into all of this. And keep listening as I share a true story in my Mountain Adventure segment about life on our cattle ranch in the Rocky Mountains of East Idaho and how I get stuck in a snowstorm on a steep mountain road. It can get pretty intense. But first, I want to quickly share a phenomenal product from a company called 3 International. They are a sponsor for my podcast. One of the products I'm loving right now is called Eternal. And when you get to be my age, about 50-ish... <laughs> Aging prematurely weighs on your mind. And that's where Eternel comes in. And it's just an antioxidant superfood blend. And it protects your cells from damage and premature aging caused by free radicals. Promotes cellular health and longevity. Works to neutralize free radicals. And delivers powerful phytonutrients to protect against UV damage. Some of the key ingredients are resveratrol, glutathione, marine collagen, a super fruit blend of 10 different fruits, including acai, pomegranate, goji berry. Those are just a few. And then it has CoQ10 in it. And you can find this product on my website, genieolson.iii.earth. And you'll find in the show notes how to get the wholesale prices. And then this um, product is also listed in the physician's desk reference, and you can find that at www.pdr.net. Okay, e-cigarettes and vaping. I've often wondered about e-cigarettes and vaping. Once it was proven that regular cigarettes caused cancer, people turned to e-cigarettes. There's an old campaign slogan for smoking it was in the early 1960s, and it was the good-looking Marlboro Man. The Marlboro Tobacco Company displayed a rugged cowboy on a billboard that depicted to the world, if you smoke, you'll be as good-looking as I am, and you'll exhibit masculinity, you'll have freedom, adventure, and strength. I often wondered why they kept getting a different Marlboro Man every few years, and then I was even more curious when they quit showing the man altogether. Probably because he died from cancer. Okay, I'm just kidding. But the truth is, this campaign was started when it was reported that cigarettes caused cancer. And I've often heard cigarettes called coffin sticks. And, you know, lots of people smoked. I remember when smoking was allowed in restaurants. They didn't ask if you wanted smoking or non-smoking. You just sat where they told you. Secondhand smoke wasn't even a thought. Now they don't ask you at all. They just sit you where they want to because smoking isn't allowed in public buildings, restaurants, or movie theaters. Back in the 70s, cars had smoking windows in them and they were little windows next to the bigger window on the car door that you could open, and then you could let the smoke out of the car or brush off the ashes. And it didn't really work all that well. You still got fumigated in the back seat. So it was secondhand smoke that spawned the idea for e-cigarettes, a novel idea, really. It was supposed to be more healthy for you, and you wouldn't emit any smoke. You could smoke them anywhere, and no one would be offended. 
First, let's talk about what e-cigarettes actually are. So e-cigarettes are also known as smokeless cigarettes or e-cigs. And then there's also e-cigars and e-pipes, and they all work the same way. And other names for e-cigs is vapes, vape pens or sticks, e-hookahs, hookah sticks, mods, and personal vaporizers or PVs. As a whole, they are all called ENDS, which stands for Electronic Nicotine Delivery Systems. They can look like regular cigarettes, jump drives for your computer even, or a pen, and even a highlighter. So parents beware of that. And smoking them is called vaping. And there's no matches required to light the e-cigarette even though they look like a tobacco cigarette. They don't contain any tobacco at all. But they do contain nicotine, which is the addictive part of tobacco. According to science, how stuff works, it's a battery-powered device that heats up a liquid nicotine, which is oily, and it heats it into a mist or vapor, and then the user inhales this. There's no fire, no ash, and no smoky smell or secondhand smoke. They're considered better for you because they don't contain carbon monoxide or tar. In fact, some e-cig users say it reduces their smoker's cough, sharpens their sense of taste and smell, and even improve their sleep. And then they said that their clothes didn't smell or their cars didn't smell as much. Okay, so who invented them? Well, it was invented by a Chinese pharmacist named Han Lick, who patented the device in 2003, and it has three parts. So it has a cartridge in a pear tree. <laughs> Sorry, it's Christmas time. So it has a cartridge, a vaporization chamber, and a rechargeable lithium battery, which these kind of batteries are being scrutinized right now because they do have the potential to blow up. Okay, so what's the main ingredient? Well, it's propylene glycol, and I did an episode on this, and if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to find it and give it a listen. It's titled, Does Propylene Glycol Found in Fast Food Cause Major Issues? Okay, so it has the propylene glycol, and then you can buy cartridges with different amounts of nicotine or no nicotine at all. But you're still going to get other chemicals in it, like besides the propylene glycol. And then there's different flavors, and, and I'll get into what some of the other ingredients are in a little bit. But the flavors are nice, so there's menthol, mint, chocolate, coffee, apple, cherry, and even caramel. I think it would be funner just to eat those. But anyway, now I don't smoke, but I looked it up and a pack of regular cigarettes is expensive. $8 is about the average cost, and it's more depending on where you live. And you get 20 cigarettes in a pack. And the cost for a starter kit to get the e-cigarette, the charger, and then a few cartridges range from about $40 to $120. And after you buy the kit, then each cartridge costs around $10.00 and last about as long as a regular pack of cigarettes. So it's still an expensive habit. But it's also a habit that's hard to break. I know because I watched my dad struggle when he tried to quit smoking. So what about the health concerns? Are e-cigarettes safer, healthier? Well, I found an article in Johns Hopkins Medicine written by a Dr. Stephen R. Broderick, and he titled the article, What Does Vaping Do to Your Lungs? And in this article, he states that it's pretty clear that vaping is bad for your lungs, but of course, more studies are needed. We have decades of research about tobacco-filled cigarettes, 
But he also says that based on what he's seen in his practice with his clients, that the elements from the e-cigarettes are getting deep into the lungs and causing inflammation. And that makes sense to me, since the lungs are very delicate and intricate, and they're not designed for chemicals. Our lungs already filter the air we breathe, so smoking or vaping makes them work even harder. Dr. Broderick goes on to say that what we do know right now is that vaping is associated with several different lung diseases, and one is called popcorn lung. And this is where damage occurs to the smallest branches in the lungs, causing inflammation and permanent scarring, and it makes it hard to breathe. So why is it called popcorn lung? Well, this disease was first discovered when popcorn factory workers were starting to get sick, and the culprit was a food additive called diacetyl, and it's used to simulate butter flavoring in microwave popcorn. And diacetyl is frequently used in e-cigarettes to enhance the flavor. Now, what are the, some of the symptoms of popcorn lung? You'll have coughing, wheezing, chest pain, and shortness of breath. Another disease related to vaping is called lipoid pneumonia. And it's different than like a bacterial pneumonia that you get where you develop an infection. This lipoid pneumonia results from inhaling oily substances, hence the word lipoid, because lipid means fat. And this is found in the e-liquid, which is in the e-cigarette, and it causes an inflammatory response. Some of the symptoms that you can get from this disease are chronic cough, shortness of breath, coughing up blood, or bloody mucus. Now it will heal on its own once you stop irritating it, so that's good. And then there's a third disease that you can get from vaping, and that's called primary spontaneous pneumothorax, or a collapsed lung. And you're probably wondering how vaping can collapse a lung, right? I think this disease is more rare, but it's usually caused when a person already has what's called air blisters on top of their lungs. A normal healthy person doesn't have these, but sometimes they can form in a person like if you're tall, thin, and you've had a rapid growth spurt during adolescence. Dr. Broderick says that the accelerated growth can cause a weak spot at the top of the lungs that forms a blister. And vaping can cause these blisters to rupture, leading to lung collapse. Symptoms of this occurring is sharp chest or shoulder pain, shortness of breath, and difficulty breathing. And what's disturbing is that it's happening in younger people. Oxygen and rest can heal the lung, but in some cases it requires a chest tube to drain the fluid off. And according to clevelandclinic.org, there's other problems that can arise, and that is acquiring asthma, or you can make it worse if you already have it, and then it can also damage your organs. So besides harming your lungs, it can affect your heart and brain, and uh, also, some of the ingredients can cause cancer. Now, what about secondhand vapor? In this same article by Dr. Broderick, he says it's a myth that secondhand vapor is just water. He said the vapor contains nicotine, ultrafine particles, diacetyl, and benzene, which is found in car exhaust. It's interesting to note, though, that another article in vaping360.com and that was titled, Should You Worry About Breathing Secondhand Vapor? And it states, in their opinion, that there isn't enough of the toxins left over. And then I'm going to quote what they say. And they said, aside from propylene glycol and glycerin, 
which are the two glycols that make up the base of virtually all e-liquids, what vapors exhale into the air doesn't contain high levels of anything. And that's the end of the quote. But then they go on to say that what little there is, it just falls to the ground. So they're actually saying it does contain a little. So I kind of thought they contradicted themselves. But anyway, what about the FDA? What do they say? I'm surprised to find that the FDA does not approve of the use of e-cigarettes. They say that while e-cigarettes contain lower levels of harmful chemicals than regular cigarette smoke, no tobacco product is safe that contains nicotine or synthetic nicotine. And that's all they say at this point. And then they say there's ongoing research, so we'll see. But the CDC, in an article titled About Electronic Cigarettes, it says that e-cigs have the potential to benefit adults who smoke and are not pregnant if it's used as a complete substitute for regular cigarettes and other smoked tobacco products. And then the article goes on to talk about all of the harmful chemicals in them. Now why is that? Well, they claim that tobacco users can use vaping as a way to help them quit smoking. Kind of like using a nicotine patch. But they do admit that the studies are small and inconclusive. More often than not, they say the tobacco user just uses both regular cigarettes and e-cigarettes together and it's called dual use. So in my opinion, they're just adding even more chemicals into their bodies. And of course, the CDC goes on to say it's not safe for youth, young adults, or pregnant adults. So okay, how about let's say it's not safe for anyone? Well, in my opinion, you should protect your lungs at all times. Over the years, especially when I was a kid, I was exposed to a lot of secondhand smoke. You know, by sitting in a restaurant or traveling with someone who smoked for hours on end. And I think that weakened my lungs. And then when I was older and had small kids, I was exposed to an allergen in an older home we were buying. And I ended up with hives in my throat. And then I ended up in the emergency room unable to breathe. And this taxed my lungs further. And then after that, I seemed to contact bronchitis and pneumonia easier. And then when I contracted COVID-19, of course, it went straight into my lungs. And I ended up in the emergency room again. And today, I have an inhaler on hand if my lungs start to feel congested. And I certainly didn't need one growing up. So what I'm saying is, our lungs are not designed to breathe in chemicals ever. And doctors are saying that vaping is harmful, and they see patients every day, and they're saying it's very harmful. And I don't think we need years of studies to tell us what doctors are already seeing and telling us. But that is just my opinion, and as always, I encourage you to do your own research. But if it were me, I would throw them out of your diet completely. Why do you want to chance it? Why do you want to harm your lungs? Okay, I hope you found this helpful and insightful. Please share it with one person who you think might benefit from it and hit the follow button so you don't miss an episode and leave me a review as well or email me. I'd love to hear from you. So now let's get into Mountain Adventures. Before I start my story, I want to share with you something I'm really excited about, and that is my new website, genieolson.smugmug.com, and I'll have this in the show notes. 
But over the years, I've taken beautiful photos of our ranch and surrounding areas, and you can purchase those for your home or office. And besides photos, you can buy wall art, desk art, keepsakes like mugs, coasters, mouse pads, puzzles, and more. And all of them have my photos on them. And since initially launching this website, a portion of all profits will go to the Nest Pregnancy Care Center. It's a nonprofit volunteer center, and it offers realistic alternatives to abortion along with Christ-centered guidance. So it's really cool, and I'm excited about it. And you can learn more about this center on my website in the About Me section, so I encourage you to check that out. Okay, on to my story. Well, life on the Embarro Ranch can be interesting, nerve-wracking and exciting, but never boring. Tired, yes, but never boring. And sometimes you have to do things you really don't want to, but that's just part of living in the mountains. Well, Bernard the 2,000-pound bull, who's been hanging around the yard in front of my house, finally decided to go somewhere else on the ranch, but he left behind his three sidekicks, which are three calves. But not to worry, they are being taken care of by another cow who decided she didn't want to stay in the pasture with the rest of the herd either. Now our house and ranch sits up on a hill in the mountains, and you can see clear across the valley. It's beautiful, but can be a little disturbing when these three calves and cow decide they want to wander down into our neighbor's field and then they get too close to the main highway. But it's good eating down there. The fields have been harvested, but barley or oats are always left behind, and the cows love this. It beats the old dry grass they've been eating all summer. And we can keep an eye on them from our living room window, which has two pair of binoculars sitting in the windowsill. We can also see if we have visitors coming and who they are. I guess that's kind of spying, but anyway... I had been checking the weather report. We've, we've had pretty nice weather for the last couple of months, and I've been blessed to have dry roads to go run on. Running is my stress reliever. I used to say it was my therapy, but my kids would have a heyday with that. They would jokingly tell me, You're telling me. <laughs> but anyway, I was checking the weather to see if I still had a few good days to go run. Otherwise, I'm stuck running on a treadmill indoors. A major storm was predicted to hit in three days, so I headed out the door while I still had a chance to enjoy the crisp, cool, clean air and abundant sunshine. I headed down the road, slowly jogging. I'm not fast by any means. I was getting close to the end of our dirt road, which is two miles from our ranch, and who should I run into? The cow and her three sidekicks. My husband Nick wasn't home, and I didn't really want to go back home and get the four-wheeler, so I could move the cows closer to home, so I thought, well, I'll just do it on foot. I could move these cows across the stubble field. I would just be careful and not get weeds in my socks and shoes. Maybe it was my sunglasses, I'm not sure, but they looked at me like I was a freak monster, and they really didn't want to move that bad either. So they would run a little ways and stop and look at me. Now the cow, she is their protector, so she was keeping a close eye on me. Nonetheless, they kept moving and I was whistling for them to move, and then for some unknown reason, they took off running hard over the hill and down into a ravine. Now keep in mind that I'm on foot in an open field with no protection, not even a tree. So as soon as I came over the hill, here comes the cow back towards me. Her head and ears were straight up, and when you see that, 
That means they're on the fight. Oh, crap, I thought. I immediately turned on one foot and started running back the other way. Never mind that I was getting thistles in my socks. I kept running like a wild woman. I jumped the small creek with one stride and then finally got my nerve up to look back. You know what? She'd only ran about ten feet and stopped. Guess who won that war? Wasn't me. But I had made it back to the dirt road and I was safe. And I thought to myself, they can just stay there. I'm done. Well, later, true to Mother Nature, the winter storm hit. I still had anxiety from the brutal winter we had last year when twelve feet of snow fell, settling down to about six feet, and the wind blew every day. We were snowed in for thirty days total, with eleven days being the longest stretch at one time. So I wasn't excited at all for this storm. The weather report said we would get about six inches of snow. Okay, I can handle that. But then the weather report changed, and it said we would get six to twelve inches in the valleys and twenty-one to forty-one inches in the mountains and ridge tops. Oh, great! It had been snowing pretty steady for a day or two. We had about six inches. Not too bad. I was happy to be home where I was safe, but remember how I said sometimes you have to do things you don't want to? Well, I was sitting in my recliner working on my computer, and Nick was installing a gas stove on our porch. He had been working hard to get this project done so our house would be warmer, and he realized that he was missing a tube of high-temp sealant, and he needed me to drive to Lowe's and get some. Now, Lowe's is about a 45-minute drive from our house, and the highways were ice and snow-covered, and it was snowing and blowing. So did I really want to go? Not really. Only because the roads were bad, but I also knew he needed the sealant to finish, and I really wanted our house to be warmer. The wood stove was a wonderful warm heat, but the extra heat this stove would provide would be even better. So I pulled on my hat, gloves, and boots and headed out the door. By this time, it was snowing really hard. I knew it would be dark when I got home, but I, I made the drive anyway on treacherous roads, and I made it to Lowe's. I found the sealant and started back for home. Now, the roads were getting worse as I got closer to home, and it was snowing even harder. My windshield wipers could barely keep up. About four more inches of snow had fallen since I'd left home. I turned onto our dirt road off of the highway, thankful to be closer to home. My jeep was pushing snow now with the bumper, about ten inches, but I had four-wheel drive and was doing just fine, until I came to the steep dugway that's just before our house. It starts out about a 67% grade for steepness, but near the top it gets steeper, about a 15% grade or near that. On one side of this dugway is a canyon full of pine trees and aspen trees and a barbed wire fence. And then on the other side of the road is a steep embankment. I wasn't overly concerned. I'd just been up this dugway earlier in the day and I did just fine. So I wasn't going too fast. I, I knew my jeep would make it. What I didn't realize was that the snow that was falling had a lot of moisture in it and then the temperature dropped. So here I was, tootling up this dugway, just thankful to almost be home. And I was nearing the top at the steepest part when all of a sudden, my jeep started slowing down and spinning. I quickly pushed the traction control button off, but that didn't help. I thought maybe it had kicked out of four-wheel drive, but that was still working. I tried to keep going, but came to a complete stop and started to slide backwards. What on earth? 
Using my brakes was no help. In fact, it made it worse. I realized then that under the snow was a thick layer of ice. Now, I certainly didn't want to go crashing down into the canyon. I knew I had to get my jeep into the embankment. But I didn't want to do that either because there are rocks and bushes that are still visible. I didn't want to wreck my jeep. Well, once I realized the brakes weren't holding me, I shoved it back into drive, hit the gas, and I stopped. Oh, thank goodness. By this time, my heart is pounding. I may have said a few choice words. I sat there a minute trying to decide what I should do. I kept saying, think, Jeannie, think. I could just call Nick and have him bring the tractor and give me a pull, but the layer of ice on the road scared me. I didn't want a tractor to come sliding down into me and pushing me into the canyon. Since this was the first major snow of the season, Nick didn't have chains on the tractor yet, so I put that scary thought out of my mind. Now for plan B. I would just slowly back down to the bottom and try again. But the minute I put it into reverse, I started sliding again. So I shoved it back into drive and stopped. I was stuck. I was shaking at this point. So after a few minutes, I decided I just had to back down. So I put it into reverse and I let the Jeep slide for about 10 feet. And then when I felt like I was picking up speed, then I'd shove it back into drive. I'm sure it wasn't good for my transmission, but I did this about 20 times and finally made it back down where the road was flatter. And then I kept backing up until I reached a spot where I knew I had cell service. I called Nick and told him I was coming up through the fields. No way was I going back up that dugway. He could see my headlights and told me he would watch and if I got into trouble, he would bring the tractor. And he also told me to stay up on the higher ground if I could. And then he added one last thing. He just had to say it. He said, want me to have a clean pair of underwear waiting for you? As he laughs, wow, thanks, that's so loving. There is a joke at our house that if you come up or down the steep dugway sideways or anyways, that's not normal. You probably messed your pants while doing it. That's sick, I know. In fact, as a gift, we were given a piece of leather with the horse bit on it with a roll of toilet paper and that you could strap onto your belt, you know, just in case. But, you know, it's always funnier when you say it to someone else. So I headed out into the fields. The level of the ground was deceiving because it was dark outside and snowing so hard. I could only see as far as my headlights. I did get into a spot where I started to spin again, but I kept going, and I eventually made it home safe. So glad to be home. I told Nick I was staying home for the rest of my life. He would just have to go get the mail and groceries himself. Right now, I still feel that way. We ended up getting even more snow, and I'll feel this way until cabin fever sets in and I just need to go shopping. Well, hey, there's never a dull moment at the Enbaro Ranch. Remember this, when you've done everything you can do, that's when God will step in and do what you can't. He loves you. See you next time.